Oh, Halloween is coming. Oh, I feel so organized with my lists. Hey, Matt. Hi, dear wife, co-host, jack-o'-lantern shirt. Beautiful, wearing. amazing, sweet, sweetheart, sweet dreams, sweet Are you still talking potato. to me? What? Sweet potato. Yeah, <laughs> naming my name, myself. Yes, yeah, this is the first of two episodes where we watch redone 80s movies made modern. Mm-hmm. We're doing back-to-back recaps. Yeah, so this uh, first one is the movie Pet Cemetery. Came out last year. And uh, Why didn't we see that in the cinema? I don't know. I think there was... Uh, I was sick that day. <laughs> I think I just like didn't want to see that. It was... I don't. I don't know. I mean, like. I mean, Pet Cemetery wasn't a great movie, and then to do a new version of not a great movie, it's usually not great. Well, the thing is. I mean, I liked the first Pet Cemetery. I just know that <laughs> it's a very dumb movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really. Uh, Stephen King movies were being bought up at such a high volume in the 80s and just made into movies or miniseries. And uh, not all of them were great. And they What were... was a good one? I mean, like a movie that you would watch and you would appreciate. Well, I think that The Shawshank Redemption yeah, is the, the only the one... Green... No, The Green Mile was good. No, I know what I'm saying. I... Let me finish. Oh, the okay, Shawshank sorry. Redemption is the only instance of a Stephen King movie version that I liked the movie better than the book. I mean, the movie's like three hours and the book is a novella, so it's not like a full book anyway. Um, By the way, we didn't start it like we usually start. I mean, this is Matt. We rake up stuff. Well, yeah, we started <laughs> by you saying hi to me. Like, this is a... Like yeah, we're just seeing each other for the first time today. <laughs> and we're recording at 11 at night, and I've been up since 6 in the morning. So, um, hello. Hi. This is Yellow Yeah, we wake up every day a new horror movie for Halloween. Yeah. Before 30, Halloween. Once a year, we do 31 podcasts in a month and uh, justify... <laughs> and that's it. And see you next year. Justify buying a Spotify membership. <laughs> No. It's not Spotify, it's uh, SoundCloud. Well, uh, sorry, that's right. There's probably a way to get this on Spotify. Too. Hey, usually we have a lot of uh, stuff in that channel as my Where Are You Really From podcast. That's true, but, but you, do, you don't want to do it in person. You don't want to, I mean, you only want to do it in person. It in person. Yeah, I don't want to learn new things and stuff. I'm it's very, not learning a new thing. You Zoom uh, with people all the time. Leave me alone. I don't Zoom with people all the time. I do classes online. Right. And I can handle that. I don't want to... No, I don't want to learn Okay, you're just stuff. talking. You are, It's not learning new stuff. You know how to talk to people. You know how to operate Zoom. Why, how do I record why is combining it? both of those things? How do I record it? Uh, there's a button that you press on Zoom and it just makes you a file. I don't know. You pay for the Zoom membership. I do. Just saying. I don't that's, know. That's one way you can it. talk to people from yeah, around then, the world. Yeah, but then it will open all the world for me. And I like that I have missions. It will go to London to record a little. of You like that it, you, that it costs hundreds of dollars rather than no money. But it's not only that. I'm getting the experience. I'm getting to right. actually know people. I, from I'm like, just 
meeting them. You can do whatever you want. I don't. It, you choose and an amazing to. trip to London. <laughs> I mean, I paid a lot for the podcast, but I earned a free trip to London. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> However, you want to justify it. Oh, I miss traveling so much. All right, let's travel to Pet Cemetery. So today's yeah. movie is so Pet Cemetery. If you Liz didn't realize, it. I mean, we did say weird. it. <laughs> if okay, you didn't let's... realize it, you listened. I don't know how you could tune into a podcast five minutes in because you uh, have to Oh, press I didn't play. judge by the cover. I don't know why. Oh, because we wanted to watch another movie and I already judged by that cover and then I deleted it. Anyway, can we go to the body counts and stuff? Because it was I so judge, I judged it by the cover. I mean, you looked at the cover. You can judge by the cover. I said it looks like Cat Corpse Mountain. It was a cool cover. Yeah, it looked much better than the first Pet Cemetery. Uh, body count. The first pet cemetery was. I mean, I remember it clearly because I would see the. Did you watch it in VHS the cinema? Tape. No, no, no. I rented it from the local video store on VHS. It just showed like an eye of a dead person, or like part of their face. Pet cemetery in cool font. Um, How many deaths? I guessed twelve. Ooh, I guess three. Well, you didn't. You were the closest. I know there are four. Unless we say closest without going over. There were four. And you win. Yeah. And how many? How long did you say? I said twelve minutes. Oh, I said five. You got this one right. Well, it's been seventeen. Yeah. First, you picked a different movie that is not available on any of the streaming platforms, and. I just kept my picks. So what? From so that. you you picked them and you were right over there? Uh, no, <laughs> I will never see the movie that you picked. So uh, um, I really want to watch it now. Uh, it what did you say about dumb. nudity and sex? I said no. Me too. It's a little easy to guess when you have watched the same. I mean, the, the I feel like the animal death. I didn't. I just kind of guessed. Uh, bleak ending. I said yes. Me too. This is Stephen King. An yeah, but for the animal deaths, for this, because it's called Pet Cemetery, we know there's going to be animal deaths. Yeah, but what animals did you say? Uh, I No, we agreed before the movie that we would guess how many animals. Yes, but died. then at least give idea. I mean, there are like cats, there are like dogs. Uh, well, I didn't do that. So I said, how many did you say? Four. I said three, and it was right. Exactly three. And I also said dog, cat, and the bird. It's the first time that it was so right. <laughs> when the bird, when the cat came with the bird, I was like, yes! I was. That was the happiest moment of the movie Black for Jack. me. I wrote a lot of notes. I don't know why. You did well. Yeah, let's maybe get you can into read it. them to so finish. Doing um, a five hours episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the movie is... But I, I have to admit, like, my notes are very dumb this time. Okay, so read them and I'll interrupt your notes the cat whenever named I start church. to say something. The cat named church. The cat named that's church. That's it, that's what I wrote. <laughs> and I just thought... The cat's fur, full name was Winston Churchill. Yeah. And I thought to call my next pet synagogue. For Winston Synagogue? Winston <laughs> For short. What did he start saying? Sorry. I was re- recapping the movie. I was just lining it up. I mean, it's it's a movie about a a doctor who is based out of Boston, 
and he moves his young family, his wife and uh, what six or seven year old girl, and then like a three year old boy, up to uh, Lisbon, Maine, London, L- no London. Ludwell, Ludwell, yeah. Ludwell, Maine, Lund- Lund- what? Ludwell. Lud- is that a real place? I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it exists in the same universe as Derry. Yeah, also it was, uh, I read yesterday that there's like, it's an hour, somewhere probably they mentioned it, like you mentioned it, but it's an hour from Castle Rock. From Castle Rock? Yeah. It was mentioned somewhere. Yeah. In one of his books. Yeah, there's many Easter eggs to the Stephen King uh, landscape in this. I mean, I knew that this was going to be, granted, I saw Pet Cemetery on VHS that I've probably seen the edited for TV version maybe once or in pieces a couple times since then. When did you watch it, like, last? I didn't remember the movie that much. I just remember, like, some little moments. It was in the early 90s, probably. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, I watched it, I feel like, in the 90s, too. When I was a kid. You were born in 1990, so I I watched it when you were two, probably. You did. Yeah, that's why I used the word I in my sentence. I watched it also in the 90s. Yeah, because I was a such a cool kid, and I had a very good father that let me. Actually, do you know my dad was mad at me one time? I was watching Pet Cemetery Two, which Stephen King sued night. to get his name taken off of because he had nothing to do with it. Was it was terrible, but I remember one moment. There was like something with like a chain of a bicycle or a bike that like somebody's killing someone on that, and my dad just. Woke up in the middle of the night, saw me like in the living room watching it, and it was kind of mad. I was like, You don't need to watch those things. And I was like, Excuse me? You let me? I was maybe like 10 or 11 or something like that. And I was really mad. I'm like, He let me. He, how do you say that? In the past, he let me. He, you can say that. Let, in the past, he let, he let me, me watch something. He let me watch the blob when I was four. Four. So he can't come to me and be like, No, this is too much. Yeah. When I'm 10 or 11. Yeah. So that's that's it. <laughs> so they're moving to that place. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, when you watch the beginning of the movie, it um, if you're somewhat savvy about screenwriting, it, it, it didn't just say based on the novel by Stephen King. It said screen story by some guy I forget and then it said screenplay by so you knew it was going to be a somewhat reimagining of the first movie yeah they use the same exact names I didn't definitely didn't remember the names from the first movie I watched it only once I'm not like those crazy geeks that would watch it over and over again and and right now I kind of like want to watch it again the first one well we do own the first one so you could I mean when I was talking about the movies earlier I kind of got off subject but so there was many Stephen King adaptations that I didn't think were that great but only a handful of them were written by Stephen King and and Pet Cemetery was one of the ones that was written by him that's why I was like maybe maybe I was a little disappointed that I didn't like it as much I don't know. Just the movie just didn't really. I don't think it's good with writing for the screen. 
I mean, it's his I mean, book. He is, he is my favorite author, so I obviously like the way that he writes books, but I don't like the... I mean, it's not the same to write a book and to write a script. Right, but if you're the author... Look, I'm not trying to argue with you or anything. I'm just saying like your opinion seems a little bit strange because he's adapting his own work and... Who knows your own work better than you? But that's what I'm saying. It's still, to write a movie, you have to have different skills. You understand? Okay. I don't know what you mean. Because, like, do you have an example of... Uh... Something else? Yes. Like, let's say that you're an, a cook that you're, spe you're specialized in Italian food or pasta, Okay. And then tomorrow I'm going to tell you, all right, make the best hummus ever. And it's not good. It's just like not good. So what if you have the touch with that specific food? Stay with what you know how to do very well. Yeah, but your you're exa better example would be if you were a, a, a catering chef and that you're used to making large portions of Italian food and then you have to be a personal chef and you're only making one plate of Italian food. It's not as good. I mean, if it's for an Italian less. family, it's still going to be a lot, but... All right. Well, <laughs> the analogy... We don't have any facts of... The, I mean, last year we watched Sleepwalkers, and that was a movie that Stephen King wrote specifically for the screen, and, and it wasn't based on a, any books that he wrote And what anything. did you think about that? I liked it. Great. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I liked it too. I mean, I liked also Pet Cemetery, the first one, but it's not good. It's not like the, I don't know, like, mm, I'm trying to think about the, it's not the Avengers that I saw and I was like, wow, this is impressive. Those people that created this movie are amazing. I know, I'm just saying that what you're, you just it's not a movie to to I don't know it right. didn't left, I'm not left talking about this a, movie specifically I'm just saying that you just expressed the opinion that because he writes books doesn't make him a good screenwriter and I'm not saying he's a great screenwriter I'm just saying like yeah but I mean he's adapting his own stuff so it's like I would feel, I would trust Stephen King more with the works of Stephen King than uh, just a regular then, Hollywood then, screenwriter then a uh, a chef that makes uh, catering to <laughs> Italian people. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So, oh, by the way, do you want to hear a fun story about Stephen King? That a personal story about Stephen King? So, the first time they went to see his house in Maine, it was right when they arrived to <laughs> Massachusetts, and I was driving to Bangor with a friend, and it so was the first thing you did when you arrived in Massachusetts was leave Massachusetts to go to, to go to Maine to go like yeah. five hours north in Maine. No, it wasn't the first thing. It was like in the beginning when I just moved here. So I, I, I was driving to Bangor, and I already felt like the Stephen King vibe, Stephen King's vibe, and we arrived right in front of his house. And there were like a group of motorcycle guys and ladies that were st just stopped there to take a picture. They were like not very old people. They were really cool. Not, not me. I think they were like five or six. And they were standing there and me and my friend went to see the house. And I was like, I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, he's actually lived there. And, <laughs> and then somebody came, stopped his car and, so, and started to yell. I was like, go away, people, go away. We don't want you here. 
And I, I felt like uncomfortable. I was like, oh my God, probably like so many people like me coming to see his house. And then he left his car. He came and he was like, I'm just kidding. I'm, I live right here. Stephen King taught him how to read and, and write when he was a kid. And he's like a very nice person. And he told us that uh, he really lives there and he goes a, a lot outside. So we might see him. But then he said that everything that he writes were kind of like connected to Bangor. So he said, Pet Cemetery, we do have a pet cemetery. It's right like at the end of the road. Surprisingly, I've never went to see if it's real or not, if there is something at the, at the end of the road, because I also went there a few times after again <laughs> and again. But yeah, it was kind of like, I thought it's super cool. There is a pet cemetery right at the end of the road where he lives. Yeah, that is cool. kind of surprising that you would You've go never... all the way. I've been to Bangor. I think. I mean, I did. House. I did with myself all the the eat places, all the the Jackson and what's the other street. I mean, I, have, I still have a picture with my hand in the sewer, with the Jackman and what's the other street. I don't know. I mean, all the things from eat are real, like the water tower and and. So I was driving around. I went to see the 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 Banyan. How do you call it? Paul Banyan? Mm-hmm. Paul Banyan? Yeah. Yeah, the big statue in Bangor. It's there. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It is weird. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. I like Bangor. It's super weird. Yeah, I mean, I've only been to Bangor twice. And once was to do comedy. And then uh, the first time was just with my family on vacation, but I did go to a bookstore and buy a couple Stephen King books. Just I did I it every like time. The, <laughs> but this is also at a time before like MapQuest or the internet to know where his address was. So we didn't. His uh, house is super, super, super cool. So if you're in Bangor, check out Stephen King's house. There's tours about it. And yeah. Before the pandemic, there was uh, there were supposed to be plans to make some of it available to the public, and uh, what, who knows? His house. Yeah, remember we read that whole article about it. He was gonna have like access to his library or something. We read about it. I would we? not have. Yeah, because you told me about it, and I looked it up, or I told you about it, and you don't remember. But I re- there was an article. This is our life. If you were wondering, how yeah. is it? You weren't paying a attention. Lot of and how is it to live like with two comedians in the house, exactly like that? Waiting for the other person to stop talking so you can talk. That's what it is. No, that's to live with a woman. But you could take bus tours of uh, Bangor and. The, St- the Stephen King uh, connection I just think to about like the worst like the worst bus in Bangor I mean Bangor is kind of creepy there is I can understand why he's writing about what he's writing when he grew up in that place <laughs> kind of a creepy place remember, the first time that I went there there was a guy standing on the sidewalk facing the like like he's about to cross the street but he's not he's just standing there and staring at the sidewalk and I was like, what is that place? Yeah. It was really creepy. That was the first thing that I saw in Bangor. And I was like, all right. And then I walked in the streets and I saw so many like spider webs around. And I was like, that's weird. So I love Bangor. I think it's a super cool place. If they didn't have 
a bus tour. I mean, it would be you'd have to do it in real small groups, but it would be cool to go to Bangor and give a Stephen King tour in like the same model car as Christine or something, just getting driven around, with no one driving it, something like that. Um, All right, so they moved to Ludlow. Ludwell. Ludwell. To get away from the city life of Boston, even though nobody in the family has a Boston accent. And uh, the guy goes to his first day at the hospital. Or maybe it was his first or his second day. I think it wasn't it's the, the first day. day. I think it was his second day because the first day someone just had a nosebleed. Yeah. And uh, as the family's settling in, well, a bunch of ding- like different things happen to everyone, basically except for the, the three-year-old kid, the little boy. Like the daughter, she sees a bunch of neighborhood kids in a sort of very creepy funeral procession for a dog, a dead dog in a wheelbarrow, and they're all wearing animal masks going into the woods. And so she kind of follows them out there, and then her mom catches her and tells her to go back in the house, and she starts watching SpongeBob for a little while, and then goes to check it out, and she finds the cemetery. And then she finds the uh, creepy neighbor guy, played by John Lithgow. She broke the ba- barrier? She She's broke the, the yeah, barrier? she was climbing on that. Like Okay, so there's a part of the cemetery that's a massive... It looks just like a, a big pile of bones and, and tree stumps and twigs and stuff. And so she starts to climb up it, and then... Uh, Creepy, typical Maine guy neighbor Judd <laughs> yells at her, like and to, she Judd, falls down Judd? and it sometimes get somehow gets stung by, by a, a bee. bee. Yeah, by I a thought bee. she hurt her ankle or something. Yeah, me too. I was like, that's supposed to be a splinter. <laughs> right. So uh, Judd is his name, Judd. short for Judson. We learn later, and uh, I didn't learn that. And then mom comes again, like, "What have you been doing?" and the, the mom character like for me was Judd. really, I don't know, it just seemed I like... I really don't, didn't like her character. She was just, like, panicked, and they they go into this weird backstory that I don't remember from the first one. I didn't remember that Zelda story. I, I remember very little about the first movie, except how it made me feel and how I wasn't that impressed with it. But I really liked the Ramones song at the end. I don't want to be buried in a bed. I'll do the whole thing in the bonus features. <laughs> Sing the whole thing a different episode part three uh so judson intervenes and you know he seems scary at first but then he's caring he tells her to get the stinger out he introduces himself and uh and so all the characters are finding their different ways through maine and in the new life there the mom is mostly just overwhelmed with traumatic childhood memories of having to feed her older sister who I think had like really severe spinal meningitis or something and being scared to go in the room yeah being left alone to take care of her uh, latchkey kid style and uh, and then the dad adjusting to work and then one day this guy gets really badly hit by a car it looks like half of his skin is like boiled off so I don't know if the car exploded or whatever but he's uh pretty close to death and then he he dies on the operating table before many uh much work can be done 
And then he drastically sits up post-death and says, Don't break the barrier, Lewis. And, uh, and Lewis kind of shakes No, he didn't say off. don't break the He said the barrier was, has been broken. I think he says the barrier must not be broken. Okay, so he said that. He didn't say, like, don't break the barrier. Okay, but this, the same thing is this, two different ways of saying the same sentence. No. The barrier must not be broken and don't break the barrier. Yeah, you don't break the barrier. The barrier must not be broken by anyone. Right, but so later right. on in the movie, he is the one that breaks the barrier both times. So. But no, she fell and she fell on that thing and it broke something. I don't think so. I think the barrier, meaning the, bar- right the burying of an animal and coming back. Her g- crossing over that did nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing happens as a result of that. Oh, you know what? I'm not right with my death animal. There's a bee. <laughs> Bees do count as... Animals. With my death animals. So then, uh, then I have the then I have the nab- oh, then a magic number. Then boom. Uh, so then things start getting uh, weird. Like the the house is right next to this trucking road, and that's one of the first things you see is just yeah. There are many many trucks. I was Mac like, is that a movie speeding. about trucks? Speeding. Uh, yeah, could be yeah. like the other uh, Stephen King wrote and directed movie. Uh, trucks. No, what the hell is it called? Maximum Overdrive, which is... Uh, I even didn't hear about these. It's hilariously not good, but it's almost worth watching for unintentional comedy. It's about trucks that come to life, and they circle a truck stop and try to kill people. Emilio <laughs> Estevez is in it. And Stephen King is... You know, he's a, he has a small part in some of the movies that he's in, like Hitchcock used to do. But He wasn't in this one. He was not in this one, no. It wasn't it part two though. He did like it very much though. So. Yeah, I mean, there were things that I, as a whole, I liked that the that they were fans of Stephen King and they they did little references, uh, you know, even references that we didn't catch, but you looked up afterwards yeah. on IMDb. Like what? Like referencing Castle Rock being far away, referencing oh. Cujo. And oh yeah, that was cool. And just seeing, like, the sign that says Dairy 12, 20 minutes, yeah, 20 miles away. Yeah, I saw that, away. too. I mean, I... Yeah, but I'm just saying, there's yeah. little Easter yeah, eggs cool. and things like that. Uh, I mean, they do stray away from the source material and, and to to make it not just a shot-for-shot remake of the 80s version. You know, there's, like, a little bit of a twist because in the first one, the little boy gets yeah, hit by a truck. Yeah, that was the biggest thing in the movie. Yeah. And in this one, he almost died, but then the girl was dying. Yeah, the truck jackknifes, doesn't hit the boy, but the back of the truck kills the daughter. Yeah. And the girl who played the daughter was really good. Like, I mean, yeah, the, she the was character good. was she good. She looked like my sister a little bit. Yeah, the character was good, yeah. and the actress, you know, they... Really uh, sweet. It was and one of the few likable characters like in the movie. It's my Starbucks name. Ellie, Ellie. yes. <laughs> yeah, and they were talking there. I was just like... Curious, what do you think? There were, the parents were like talking w- if they should tell the girl about death or, death or not. What age usually parents talk with their children about Well, death? I don't think that they necessarily have a plan. I think that it, 
if death happens in their life, they have to talk about it to some extent. And the mother was very much into the candy coating of the, uh, they're, they're going to heaven and everything is fine. They're going and, to the farms with the dogs. Yeah, and, and, and dad was a little bit... Let's tell her, he's a doctor. He was a little bit yes. more, yeah, he was a little bit more straight to the point, which uh, that's the side that I, would, I... I don't think that there's a right age. I think you just play it by case by case. When you're talking to a kid I just death. thought you don't say that. Ah, it's your fourth birthday. Let's uh, let's teach you about the let's difference your between life. life and how it ends. Yeah. So there's, I think that the best way to do something like that is just to let your kids watch horror movies since a very young age. Well, I mean, I was like fine with death because I was watching a lot of horror movies. Right, but since I was a kid, you, and I what, just like, do you remember your earliest memory of death? Yeah, I didn't sleep for like a few weeks because of the blob, bulb, blob, blob. So you thought that everyone just kept living until you saw the blob? I was three or four back then. I don't know, but I was just asking. Like, I don't if think you had like a goldfish died. or something that died. No, I didn't have a goldfish. I did have a dog when I was six that that she ran, hit, she uh, was hit, hit, she by a logging truck in Ludwell, Maine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I learned about it with a bird died you know like fell out of its uh a baby bird fell out of its nest and i saw like the half cracked egg with the baby bird out of it oh. i think that was like my first time seeing death as a child i might have been like, oh the no first i used to take grade. care of a lot of little just born kitten that their mothers used to like live behind sometimes in the village where I grew up in Foriavet. Mm-hmm. And I used to like try to take care of them. And most of the time they died. They were like just a couple of days old and I used to give them like milk. I was like a kid, like still the same age, four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And and then I remember that I had little chicken. How do you say? Like the baby chicken? Chicks. Yeah, and like a couple and they died. And I had hamsters. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. You don't have to list every animal you've seen die as a child. I just asked you what your first memory of any, like, the concept of death was. I don't want you to go through your slaughterhouse memories. I had memories. at least three hamsters that ate their babies. Yeah. I had, like, the worst, like, death stories as a child with animals. Oh, my God. Well, this is not the time for that. Um... So the, the we we kind of went into it already, but the girl, his daughter dies and his mother can't handle it because she's still, I mean she's obviously the death of a child is traumatizing, and she's thinking about how her sister died and and then like through flashbacks we learn that she was like afraid to go into the room so she used the dumb waiter, which is you know the little thing that you pull up it's, it's like a elevator for food, and to deliver it to her sister and her sister fell into the dumbwaiter and died when she was already pretty close to death most likely so she blamed herself for that and she was haunted by that memory which is just started just she was reminded of it because this house maybe had a dumbwaiter I don't know why she was just thinking about it but um, this house was extremely extremely scary without even being next to a pet cemetery <laughs> yeah I mean a little farmhouse Nowhere, Maine, 
right next to a massive logging road. It's um, like uh, the, my sister when we went to Matt's father's house for uh, just to pick up something from there. She refused uh, to go to the bathroom. Yeah, my father's house is not scary. This no, is not but, the same no, but, thing. No, but it is a big... The houses in the United States and like those kind of places when they're like a house and it's surrounded by trees sometimes and it's dark around... I mean, when it's dark around, it's dark. It's scary dark. The bathroom dark. is inside the house. Yeah, but then, was... but then, like, it, it is, I understand why Kedem was scared. I mean. All right. Well, Kedem, if you're listening, I hope you know how to speak She's English. She's still scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> From English, no. So. She's also a baby, so she would be scared of anything. Yeah, I mean, actually, we skipped the part. We, we talked about the daughter dying. The cat. The cat died at the beginning of their, their party and Judd found it. What party? Her birthday party. No, it was Halloween. Okay. It was a different time. Yeah, so a party. And they got together and buried the cat that night. Yeah, Judd didn't want Ellie to be sad. Oh, he, so he said, do you, you love your daughter? You want her to be happy? Well, then let's bury this cat over I have on to the say other side of this massive wall of bones and trees. Some of the dialogues were very annoying. They were way, way, too, way, way too obvious. Way too obvious. Like the, when Pascal is like leading him, he's like, you try to Pascal help me. Pascal is the kid from Now the let dead. me help you. And I'm like, oh my God, seriously? Yeah. I mean, not necessary. There are many things that like bothered me in the dialogues, but... It wasn't that bad. I felt like after we finished watching it, I really didn't like it. But now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I've certainly seen worse versions of Stephen King movies. But <laughs> if you're I, not, did... I mean, even if you're not familiar with Pet Cemetery, you can kind of do the math. It's about a dead cat comes back to life and is not the same. People change. And the cat like hurts Ellie, scratches her, and it just creeps people out. It's mangy. It smells... It's probably still decaying. And uh, and then when Ellie dies, the father is so distraught, his wife and takes the little boy home to her parents' house, the site of her childhood trauma where her sister died in the dumbwaiter. And the dad goes drinking with, uh, with Judson, drugs him so he doesn't stop him from doing what he probably knows that uh, Lewis, the father, will do, just digging up his daughter and bringing her to the pet cemetery and burying her. And then that is exactly what happens, and and he's still messed up with grief, and he uh, he thinks it's fine. He, he, he pretty much knows he made, like, a big mistake, but he doesn't, he can't undo it because he still hears his daughter's voice and sees her, even though she's ashen and probably has no organs in her anymore because that's just how they prep bodies to be buried. And uh, sleeps next to her on the bed, wakes up the next day, and she's doing her ballet stuff that she would do when she was alive, but smashing into photos and then cutting glass and being a real real pain in the butt kid. but Like with, Shelly. But like a zombie instead. Like her little puppy. Right. Uh, uh, I felt like the movie was a little bit to like a little bit uh, all over the place sometimes just a bit. uh i mean there's the pet cemetery which was supposed to be the biggest issue but i feel like 
Zelda, her sister, was much bigger story and it was much more like the horror part of it. I mean, the, the stories with her sister were much scarier than anything about the pet cemetery. It wasn't really... Yeah. Great. And uh. the house was scarier than the pet cemetery. The the name i mean there are many too many stories and they gave all those stories way too much attention than i thought that they should and the tracks there are so many tracks like seriously it was kind of annoying and that's i didn't like that too many trucks okay uh, yeah. all right what was your one word to describe it i wrote some trucks <laughs> wow I just wrote family. What family? Oh yeah, and, the, and then they came back uh, zombies. All the three of them. Well, <laughs> they did. Right. The daughter. I mean, they're trying the to daughter, stop the her. The mother eventually. comes back. She's comes back because she's worried that she can't get in touch with the dad, and then she's freaked out that her dead daughter is standing. Yeah. In also, there. she killed Jad, the neighbor, the daughter. The, the daughter does kill the neighbor and then kills the mother who then kills the father and they all bury each other in the ce cemetery and they come back. And then there's the kid in the car waiting. Yeah. And Which is kind of like a, a, semi, a semi Cujo reference because Cujo basically is a book that takes place the entire time. It's just like a kid in a car with a rabid dog outside, and uh, I don't think I watched Cujo. I don't think Maybe I watched I it did. either, but I really liked the book. I didn't read the book either. Yeah, I don't remember if I read Pet Cemetery. I don't think I did. I think I might have owned it, but I don't think I. Read I owned it. it for sure. I don't remember if I read it or not. Yeah, but anyway, that's what I thought. I you know the movie was it didn't blow me away, but. It, I didn't expect that much. Also, it like wasn't scary. Movie. It wasn't scary. There were a few moments that I was like, they tried to scare you, but then nothing happened. And I was like, come on, you just missed that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that is our uh, review. Recap, yeah. yeah. Listen to tomorrow's episode where we also will be watching and talking about a 1980s movie that got modernized and changed around a bit a we discussed child's play yes so i'm yale thank you and she's I matt met. and we'll see you tomorrow tell a friend if you liked it leave us a comment if you want to recommend so, us so. another movie maybe we'll watch it this year maybe yeah. we'll watch it next yeah. year Maybe we'll just watch it without any podcasting just but to we'll tell you for like you just know, to uh, enjoy nice a movie people. that's it for us <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for watching or listening.